Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to The Sap. As always, is your host, Dave Neal, joined by Tasha Courtney. And this week, our guest is May Wilkerson. You're going to love our chat with May. Uh, we grew up in neighboring states, New Englanders. Didn't know that going in. I love when I meet a nice New Englander. And um, we, you know, we, we, we touched on it all. Your typical episode here, just free-form conversation. We talked about family relationships, dating, a little bit of politics. What can you do? It's all tied in, right? You can't date someone outside of your political beliefs, can you? Anyone out there? Is anyone out there in a relationship with somebody that they have vastly different political beliefs from? Let me know how it goes. What do you guys talk about? Write in sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Oh, I also like to let people know, if you haven't done this yet and you've been a listener, we like to get our listeners to write in. Tell us about yourself. Where are you listening from? What are you up to in life? Um, where? How did you find us? Just just write in. We like to know who's on the other side of the cord. Because a lot of times we just think we're talking to ourselves here and then someone writes in and they're like, I've been listening for three years from Michigan. And I'm like, tell me this. I like to know. I feel like I'm talking to you when I know who you are. We appreciate you guys so much. Um, at the end of this episode, I'm going to play a clip of um, my private Patreon chat with Jonesy. As you guys know, every week there's new content on the Patreon. If you want uh, to support us, we really appreciate all the uh, all the different members that have come to support us. You just go to patreon.com slash this app. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash T-H-E-S-A-P. And you'll see that there's a tiered program where you can sign up for all of our uh, episodes, all of our extra content. We have probably 40, at least 40 at this point, extra episodes. As soon as you sign up, you get all the past episodes, a lot of private episodes. If you enjoyed my solo episodes, those are on there. We also do uh, once a month, Jonesy and myself get together and do a really fun podcast where we we, uh, read the weirdest news of the month. A lot of it's dating and relationship and sex based and then we just comment on it just stupid commentary it's a blast i love every month i love doing it with jonesy we're like two old guys that just get together at a mcdonald's and talk about the war that's what we do uh anyway so i'll play that at the end of the episode but you're gonna love our chat right now with uh may wilkerson Terry Gross. Grew up on NPR. Yeah. I, uh, I'm My dad listened to NPR every day. Mm-hmm. Same. On the way to school back. in the mornings, on the way to high school. I'm in the afraid morning, of that quiet room. sound. Why? There's something about that soothing sound that's just like. Um, I grew up with like one TV in the basement that you got to watch on Friday nights. And my house was just too quiet. We had no radio. So like, I'm just like, I don't like anything that doesn't sound loud. That makes sense? No. I don't relate to that, (laughs) (laughs) but I was also only allowed to watch TV on Friday nights. So I relate to that. Yes. Were you raised Catholic or Christian or anything? No, atheist. Atheist? They just didn't like want me to be cool. (laughs) They they were. How far has society come where it's everyone's got a phone in their pockets now? And like babies get iPads. It's wild. I mean, I also just like watched as soon as I left the house, all I wanted to do is watch TV forever. Yeah. Go, you'd, you'd pick your friends based on what kind of cable package they had <laughs> and then you'd become a teenager and then you'd pick your friends based on if they had like that late night Skinamax just so you could catch a nipple slip or something after midnight. I don't know that we like weren't allowed to watch TV, but I think we just weren't really interested in it. We also like it was mo- more that we weren't allowed to watch 
shows like if if my friends were all watching Dawson's Creek I wasn't allowed to watch Dawson's Creek so it's like I'm not gonna get like riddle yeah I'm not getting into it I'm gonna start the episode sure I'm gonna introduce everybody hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to this app so as always Dave Neal with Tasha Courtney and Mae Wilkerson hello hi welcome thank you for joining us thanks for having me I'm excited to talk to you because we've never met before and uh you were you came highly recommended from last week's guest Alyssa (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm and a huge fan of Alyssa. So you guys moved from, we talked before the podcast, you guys moved from New York and where originally are you from? I'm from Massachusetts. Oh, did, oh I didn't know that. I'm from yeah. Rhode Island. No way. We're neighbors. Yes. Where, where in Massachusetts are you from? There's always a kindred, like there are a kindred spirits I feel with people oh, that it's I like meet from Massachusetts. New Englanders. Miles yeah. apart. New Englanders. Yeah. I start to talk like a fisherman when I meet someone from Massachusetts. <laughs> like, Dude, where are you from? Where are you from? Are you from the, lo- the North Shore? Or what part? You, you get like lobster? You, you're, uh, you're I've never a, been on a boat. <laughs> you're from a dainty part of Massachusetts. Situate? Uh, I, I, dainty is probably the right word, yes. Um, I'm from Lincoln. Okay, Lincoln. That's where they've got uh, a lot of apple orchards, right? There's apple orchards. There's trees. That's there's like cows. Not quite central mass, but it's... A couple people. Not a ton. It's it's west of Boston. It's inland. Yes, you get a little inland. bit more snow than Boston does. Do we? I guess so, yeah. How did, so but so you, you grow up in Massachusetts, atheist? Yeah. Uh, New England's all Catholic all catholic yeah not my parents well my dad's jewish okay um and my mom is uh she was raised quaker but wow that's cool yeah so like my parents religion was just like lefty politics you know what i mean like they were just like they love npr and the new york times and they don't so you you have a quaker mom and you've got i was uh, when your name is very uh old uh hollywood you have a celebrity name may wilkerson I've never heard You've that. You've never before. heard that? No. Like a May Wilkerson. Oh, it's May Wilkerson. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. That's, yeah, I have newfound confidence in myself. What kind of, how do you, uh, what's the upbringing like if your mom was raised like a Quaker Jewish hybrid in Massachusetts? <laughs> Uh, like NPR, <laughs> as we were. But like, were you? Did did your friends? Did, did you have friends? <laughs> um, a couple. <laughs> if I if I grew up and knew an atheist around my town, they would be like, they're bad. They're scary people because there was this thing about. And I'm not. I'm not I don't practice a religion right now. But like, there was this thing where I came from in Rhode Island that was this like you were Catholic, so there was nothing else. There weren't anybody else besides Catholics you where you came from. Jewish people. We had a guy named Brian. He was half Jewish. That was it. We had a half Jewish guy in our town. No I mean, Protestants. No, Tasha. This is what's crazy, Tasha. Midwest. No, there's That's no wild. Bible Belt. No Protestants. No like bring your Bible to church. You know those people that bring their own Bible to church? They all yeah, everyone. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. The the Catholics, the Bible sitting there. Yeah, you, you you spend half the sermon trying to figure out how to you know read the Dewey Decimal System of the church. You know what I mean? You're like oh, Leviticus. What the fuck is Leviticus? And then yeah, Catholics aren't known for being like. That's the thing is they can be very judgmental, but they're not. Um, is this water for you? Is that what no, I want coffee. Oh. You said you were going to share it with me, and it's been over there the whole time. <laughs> Catholics are judgmental, but they're not like hardcore religious in the it's sense like that, they don't practice but yeah. they judge everyone else for not being a catholic 
It's that like you punch a religion. <laughs> it's a side <laughs> job. You punch your clock at ten fifteen in the morning, and you punch I mean, it out at ten forty-five. That's the most relatable thing about Catholicism, though. No matter what you believe, you're just judging other people that don't believe it. Yeah. Even if you don't believe in God, then you're judging people who do. I'm not judging you right now. I'm just letting you know of the upbringing I come from. Don't look at me like that, Tasha. I mean, I've moved across <laughs> the country. I'm very liberal, but no. But that was just. I mean, you're, that's why, like, you know, uh, we're not a political podcast here. But when people talk shit about Tulsi Gabbard about how like she was like anti-gay growing up, it's like, what do you expect? People are just yeah. like, if you hear like some kid being all like, all there's all these Republican talking points. It's like that's his dad. Gay growing up, like that was 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 that what the '80s? Yeah, but even as I mean, I wasn't as late <laughs> as the my buddy Ty came out in 2006, and I still had an aunt from Massachusetts, Concord, who was like, "Does he still think he's gay? What you know, like that that yeah, shit's I, out there." In our childhoods, it was definitely still taboo. Definitely. Don't you think? Yeah, like it, it was, was an insult, mm-hmm. and people were bullied for being gay. I remember there was like a few gay people in my high school that came out, and they got bullied. Somebody like put fruit on their car and stuff. Jesus like it was a dark. Christ. It was a tough time. Yeah, tough time. Yeah. Do you think it's easier now for them? Yeah, I think it's a little bit easier. I think there are definitely still problems, and I think it depends on where you live too. That's like so I, true. you know, I can't imagine that it's easy in Kentucky to be like a gay teenager. <laughs> I can't imagine that it is. Right. But like, but, but like, it's so much easier to bully now. So like they had to go find fruity put fruit on his car. Now you send a fruit emoji to somebody. Like I don't think people. I don't. I think it's bullying's just become. It's at your. It's it's in your pocket now. But it's not cool. I at least. But kids are more woke. Kids are woke. Exactly. Like what are you going to go on Twitter and bully someone for being gay? You'll get canceled. Like yeah. It's it's cool to be. I think and inclusive. Inclusive and pop stars are all coming out. Like there's a lot more LGBTQ exposure in in mainstream media, which I think must help a lot. Who is the one? uh, The the Emma, the the Harry Potter chick. What's her name? Emma she, Watson. Yeah, didn't she just say she was dating herself? She like <laughs> she said it as a joke and it went viral because she was like she was sick of the the weird thing about how women have a hard time being labeled as single as they age. Which she had a great point about that. But then she sort of derailed it by being like, and that's why I'm self-partnered. A self-partnered. That's a British I, How did I miss this? I, I'm self-partnered whenever Tasha's out of town. <laughs> <laughs> I'll self-partner all day. Um, you know, yeah, well, it was, you know, but it was the 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 media is running wild with um it's uh, if you're if you're trying to sell advertising i think in traditional media or like these websites the quickest way they can do it is make it a gender discussion or make it a disc you know what i mean because it's like these people in the comment sections take that bait it's just easy to get somebody with a let like a lesser level of enlightenment to want to comment on like my like take my sister for example she's the first one to post something on facebook god bless her we're we're 11 months apart right we we same exact upbringing she doesn't understand when she's being trolled by like a local news station you know like some stupid article like fake news with a v- clickbaity headline super clickbaity it's like oh they're eating uh they're eating fetuses at the thing oh this is horrible can you believe it and then she cites like and then you do two clicks down and then you got to go chase you understand this is not true or they're selling you this fear like it's Mm-hmm. It, there, there, there's no course in how to use the internet, but there should be just there a really simple. Because there's kind of fake news on both on every side. Oh yeah, there's like a lot of fake stuff floating around online. You should just be able to upvote or downvote um, headlines. Reddit oh. is the only trustable, trusty <laughs> website online. <laughs> you know, Cardi B posted something on Instagram TV last night, and I 
watched it and it was interesting because you know how Instagram was about to start hiding likes likes in the US like it's official they're taking away likes um and Cardi B was like I don't think likes are the problem she said I think that when um you started to be able to like like comments then she said that was a problem because now it's like a thing where people there are people who just spend their whole day like saying the most outrageous comment whether it be a mean comment or whatever to try and get to the top of somebody's page like to get the most liked comment puts you to the top so then it brings them exposure by way of you know cardi b's post yeah exactly user-generated um sensationalism it becomes mm-hmm. bullying almost. they're like bullying celebrities mm-hmm. because but then if they get a lot of likes on their comment that's like well you suck then you feel like they won or something you know yeah. i don't know if you can do this on facebook because they they've changed it around but on like um you know on youtube you can just disable comments which blows people's minds you it's a happy world that. you can live in when you just on see Instagram, people that are watching the content you put out and you don't have to worry about the people that hate it because like have you ever been nervous to to do a stand-up bit or something or, or even post something online because you know yes well <laughs> you already yes mm-hmm. right you know you're gonna have 80 percent of the crowd or 95 percent but you also know there's gonna be some asshole yes has it stopped you from i mean i don't have any videos of me doing stand-up online i've taken them all down but that's partially because i just don't want like my first grade teachers watching them or whatever um but yeah they're there, you, you can still like and dislike YouTube videos. So there have been videos of me doing stand-up where there'll be like 20 likes and one dislike. And I'm just obsessed with that. Who did this? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why do they hate me? And like it gets in my head. Or I read comments and I'm really sensitive, like a lot of comics. And I just take every comment from a stranger as the truth. Yeah. Like I just, I'm like, they are, they're right. Well, it's weird. It's weird. That I think what we do is we, we when we get a comment or a negative critique or something online, at least this is what I do. I, I put a face to that comment and I usually put it as a peer. So then I'll think of somebody like a friend of mine that's saying that comment and it hurts even more. But in reality, it could be like some old guy or some just young asshole. Like you don't even know who it, it is you're fighting is. Probably it an us- old guy or a young asshole. Yeah. Those are the commenters. Yeah. <laughs> they should make it so that you have to at least watch the full video. Because you can just look at a headline and be like, nope. And you can downvote something you don't like without even seeing what the thing was about. Well, and know. everybody's an expert too from their couch. It's like, what do you know about this? Are, are you so the true. stand-up critic? Yeah. Like, who are you to be putting your opinion on me but people, people probably people who want to be stand-ups and aren't doing it yeah so they're just the dogs on the judging couch. other people i was telling you this beforehand before we got going how stubborn boone is boone knows when we're recording a podcast and he'll jump that on we're the- not gonna get up and tell him <laughs> he's supposed to lay only on his mat on that side of the couch which he's doing he's being a very good boy over, but, but <laughs> if he sees us not looking he'll go lay on the other on the human side of the couch where he's not supposed it's to a and beautiful, get slobber uh, all it's over a beautiful it. short-term memory he has where every day he challenges the hierarchy like we started letting him sleep in bed and he keeps creeping closer to the pillow thinking that he's like rising ranks until we pull him back down to, to, to society. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you, but I knew the dog was misbehaving. People think we make this up like we're in some like nice recording studio and we bring the dog. Now, this is our kitchen, folks. This is where we record. It's a nice so, kitchen, though. So, what, so growing up, you said your mom was raised Quaker, but is that a thing she practices? No. 
No, she was raised by a pretty strict Quaker, so she sort of rebelled by just not being religious at all, except Christmas. She loves Christmas. Christmas is our the one time where we're religious and there's like songs about Jesus playing all the time. Yeah. Because Chris- Christmas is a religious holiday. Yeah. You know, Cancel no, her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and you'll meet the people that in Massachusetts. They, they love to do it. If you go, hey, happy holidays, they go, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. They hit that C like it's a slur. Merry Christmas. Not happy holidays. I've never understood that. Like, it's uh, just yeah, it's whatever. It's more than just that now. You know, Christmas is a season. Christmas is a is a lifestyle. But if someone wants to wish me happy Kwanzaa or um or what's the or like happy Hanukkah or whatever, cool. It's like you just respond with whatever energy is being put out there. But anyway, that's we're not here to debate uh, the holiday. (laughs) But it's interesting because what we find out is a lot of the issues we talk about through um dating relationships uh, life. Um, business is kind of the imprints we have from our family, from our parents. Yes. You can't run away from it. No. All it I want is my mom to just be proud of me. You know what I mean? It's the dumbest mm-hmm. things we have in the world. What sort of uh, issues did she pass down to you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the good <laughs> Let's stuff. Get to the good stuff. <laughs> That's what it is, right? Mom, stop listening now. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see what kind of issues. Um, well, uh, I mean, I think that I have a lot, I think that I have like some panic and anxiety just surrounding the fact that I, not that I wish that I had been re- raised religious, but I think being raised without any kind of like structured community or belief system has made it, made it kind of scary to like be in the world. You know, like it's, yeah. I think I was, I was always kind of jealous of people that had religion or that went to church because they had this idea of, of God and heaven that really appealed to me. Whereas I was, I would get very like panic around age 10 or 11. I would just, I mean, I also just have anxiety and which I've just, you know, inherited from both my parents, but I'd be like, what happens after you die? And my mom would be like, it's a circle of life. Like it's, <laughs> we, we become pla- like plants and trees. Like she's a hippie, basically. Yeah. And I was like, that doesn't. No, I don't want to be a tree. I don't want to be a tree. I mean, I'm slightly on board with what she's saying. I don't think the spirit or the uh, the energy of 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 who we are goes away. But uh, I think any of us who yeah. who think we have the answers. I mean, the 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 whole like placebo of believing in religion. When you take away pa- the power and manipulation and all the negatives of 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 like a structured religion, when you take away that, the like placebo effect of believing in something greater, I think can be good. I think for me, my mom was probably more spiritual than she was religious. So so like there'd be days when we'd be like, do we have to go to church? And she'd be like, no, we'll, we'll just do something here. We'll say something nice to each other. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like she could, I don't think she'd care. My stepdad's the other way. He's kind of like a structured, he came from a World War II v- veteran kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, that needed that structure of like, we go there, we get down on one knee. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, and then my aunt who's out here was super spiritual and got got me into the law of attraction and the har- harvesting your positive energy, which I'm fully on board with. I mean, you ever walk by somebody who's just, Ugh. and they just suck it out of you mm-hmm. like in that they say like and we were talking beforehand about the differences between new york and la but is maybe tasha maybe you brought this up once whereas like in new york you kind of feed off each other's energy but in la you have to like provide your own energy and not let others affect you yeah you have to be very guarded with your energy like in new york i don't know what my experience was i wake up in the morning every morning i'm amped to go because there's like a frequency outside that's other people making it happen pounding the pavement like chasing their dreams right and you're walking down the street together on the sidewalk you're in the subway together like everybody's just 
I don't know, there's like a buzz in the air that like you feed off of. But here you are in your apartment, you're in your car, you go to your job. Like it's just very closed off. So you have to kind of be the provider of your own sort of wow mojo oh true and it's like yeah like in new york it's like if you it's like living at the edge of the river so you just like reach in and the water's there and la's like you gotta like carve it forward yeah la you gotta carve a channel to your fucking shit because ain't no river here there's no water no (laughs) (laughs) yeah no and in new york even i mean that's a very positive interpretation of it which is true i love new york but there's also the element of like if you stop you will get trampled yeah (laughs) better keep going because no one's gonna be like pick you up off the sidewalk they will but isn't that empowering like once you figure out like i don't know i'm a very independent person and new york was such a special place for me in a special time in my life where I really was just like okay this is make or break like I've got to yeah. make it happen and so it was invigorating to get to do it by myself something that I you know had been wanting to do my whole life and I had parents like strangling me holding me back not letting me be independent it was like freedom and yes tons of pressure and like days when you only had four dollars in your bank account and you were like I can't afford a subway sandwich like I'm, I'm making it happen yes totally yeah no I found it really empowering too and great and I loved the forward momentum and how it kept me moving and then in LA it's true there's days where I'm like I might never move I might never leave my house like you there's this sort of (laughs) almost like heavy energy what made you want to move out here um I always loved LA I always wanted to live out here I always liked California I always felt like I had kind of a California soul and uh, I love the sunshine. I like that people are kind of warmer and fr- more friendly. Like in New York, I actually find New Yorkers to be pretty, fr- not friendly, but they're like, they'll... There's a sense of camaraderie. Yes, that's it. Like we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Ma- Massachusetts, uh, no. I mean, like there's, mass hole is a term for a reason. And it, like people are not, and my mom who still lives in the town where I grew up, it notices this too. Like people just aren't friendly. They all, everyone's kind of protecting their own little worlds. Yeah. And, uh, and I always kind of hated that. And I wanted to live somewhere where people were just like warmer. So why do you think it is if I put a Patriots hat on right now and walk outside, another Bostonian will befriend me? Like, what do you think it is that that out here, Boston people stick around or out here? You know what I mean? Like every bar. It's like a familiarity. But when you it's live, like when you move. a little taste of home. Right. When you move to like a melting pot, right? You know, there, there's a bar in Santa Monica that's just for Philadelphia Eagles fans. They're the biggest assholes in the world, I think. But that's where they go to hang. Like there's like we, we have these little like fly, you know, moths to a, fl- to a light kind of s- stations around town where you kind of seek that style of home but once you're once you are home like if i if i'm in new england and put a red Sox hat on no one's looking twice at me but Mm -hmm. out here i'm gonna say hi to the guy at the newsstand the starbucks guy or someone's gonna talk shit to me it's like a conversation starter when you're when you've displaced from that common denominator i think it's like our culture from just it's comfort the same way i mean Alyssa is my best friend and i've always found this that i tend to connect with people from massachusetts so as much as i kind of was like talking shit about people from massachusetts it, it, there's definitely like a comfort. We grew up in a similar way. We have a similar sense of humor. And I feel that way when I see Bostonians like out, out of, outside of Massachusetts. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're all here. So we left. So we have that in common. But then there's, we also have probably other things in common, maybe a similar way of communicating yeah. with each other. 
New England has there's there's got to be a case study done about the tribalism of New England because you are sort of in your own part like like in the Midwest everyone's nice in the Midwest but you know Indianapolis Columbus they all kind of mix around New England's got like this Boston center and then nothing really uh, you know other than smaller little towns until you get to New York so you've really got this like we're all in it together to get through the winter vibe but also cutting assholes <laughs> assholes that people that are just like it's like a hard kind i don't know i don't know but whereas new york it's like you move into a community uh, when i moved into the um like uh n- northern harlem which was called hamilton heights at the time and then they switched back to harlem when harlem became cool mm-hmm. that whole town was like this melting pot of a uh, lot uh, mainly dominic it was a dominican culture and there was people like they were the nicest friendliest group of people to to, you know, I don't know. New York, whenever when it's like, oh, people from L.A. are this way or New Yorkers are assholes or Boston. It's always just like really a product of like what you need for survival in the area, I think. Yeah. And I don't know why in the Midwest people are so friendly. Like what's is it because it's a smaller town vibe and you just can't honk at the person in front of you because you're going to run into them at the library? I don't know. I wouldn't I would say that like. The Southerners are generally friendly to, I think it's more about how you treat strangers. And that's sort of like your takeaway. Like if you're going to be polite to the person in front of you in the checkout line, because why not? I don't know. It's just more, that's what people do there. But are they also mean? Do they also like, are they, are they judgy? Sure. They're just like anybody else. But polite. Yeah. The Midwest and South is polite because out here you can be an asshole and I, I'm not, I'm not, this, I, 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 my like love language is like affirmations and it's it's so i like the vibes of like saying hi to someone and they go hey how are you nice hair i like the yeah. uh, i just like this the chummy even if it's bullshitty i just love that yeah. i used to love in my fraternity don't judge me in my fraternity <laughs> i loved being the guy they used to like assign people to work the bar and you'd just be cracking cold cheap natty light beers and handing them out natty light was the expensive beer we also had jenny light which is ten dollars for a 30 wreck 9.99 if you drove to new hampshire so i so you'd have to you'd use a uh, you'd use a, a, f- a flat knife, a butter knife to open them because if you didn't do that, the next day you'll... you'll Sore thumb. Oh, you'll have a thousand beers you've opened up. Your your nails will rip off. So, but I love to be the... People like didn't want to do the job of opening the beers, but I love to be that guy. Here, have one, Steve. Hey, there you go, Mindy. I just loved <laughs> like giving things away. You know what I mean? That's like... My, my dream job would be to give people gifts. Right? Sure. I don't know. Like a, a volunteer bartender who doesn't accept money. Yeah. <laughs> just gives out free I mean, I don't or wanna... Oprah. Or Oprah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oprah's got it uh, made. Well, that's proven what it, it seems like that's what makes people happiest, they say always, is like being of service and helping other people. Yeah. Um, and it's true that that like if I'm feeling really down on myself and feeling like really just horrible and I'm in my head and I'm like, oh, I haven't succeeded and I'm alone and da da da. If I like go out and even just do something nice for a friend. Have to. or go like volunteer or whatever you just automatically feel so much better you know they said they did they did a study right so like if, if say, say we're all strangers and i gave tasha five dollars she needed five dollars i gave you five dollars that makes you feel good that makes me feel better and that makes you for watching this action feel even better mm-hmm. because the someone who witnesses a positive kind of uh you know action that it, it vicariously is a part of that and we see that when like a gofundme goes viral i just started a gofundme for a, 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 a guy i barely knew in high school who had, who had his car stole everything stolen and in a whole like 
trip trip of his lifetime canceled and he raised 1800 bucks like that and i got to be i got to watch like money coming in as if i had anything to do with it and as if it was going into my bank account and i was just as happy to be like oh man jordan just donated 100 bucks that's fucking nuts and and then you know it's just it's it's wild out there when you can tap into the good parts of nature and i think what we're learning to overcome or will soon learn to overcome is once they crack open the algorithm of Facebook and see how divisive, how specifically they intended to be divisive. I think once we see that, we'll see the magic trick of it all and realize we're not all assholes who have so many differences. They just found that 1% of differences and they turned it up. They turned the volume up on it. And then we've all just been in a food fight over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. What do your parents think of just of like, uh, like, are they, do they go online and post their liberal thoughts to their, do you have, do you have like any conservative, <laughs> do you have any like a warring family that, that thinks differently or they're all on the same page? They're all on the same page. True. I live in a true bubble. That makes it a nice Thanksgiving. Yeah. We want to go to your place for Thanksgiving. That sounds nice. Okay. That it does sound nice, but they're still like, we're still, ang- they're still angry. So we still get together and we're just yelling about the state of the world. It's just like, you're not yelling at a person. Yeah. You're just like, God damn Trump. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> you know <laughs> there's like still a lot of anger and frustration, but yes, yeah, we don't fight with each other about, about politics. Yeah. We find other reasons. We, we kind of you guys have, differences with your family well tasha's parents are very liberal i would say i would say there's like my um family my immediate family is all liberal in kentucky and then my extended family is kind of divided 50 50 and so for the most part it's the south everyone is very civil right like no one would ever bring up politics or money at like a family gathering except for that one but <laughs> this guy that married in i think he's from chicago so oh, we'll blame no. it on that but he's of polish descent so he thinks he can like speak about immigrants because <laughs> his grandparents were from poland i mean so we're listen all, warsaw we're but all of our grandparents yeah. are from somewhere else as right? an immigrant descent it's like okay <laughs> Polak, but it was out. no it, it uh there was an incident about two or three years ago where this guy just really like he he thought it was appropriate Christmas Eve dinner conversation. Libtards. And yeah. I had, I had to look and be like, swear. we're not doing this here. I had to yeah. like say for, as an outsider to oh, another outsider, no. like we were like not even we were both trying to impress the family. And my family is so like civil that like people were like ha- uh, uh, <laughs> all of my family was trying to have like really um like gentle comebacks well i don't see it that way but you know like that yeah. sort of thing like keeping it really like even toned which is kind of beautiful civil. we should all be able to do that no <laughs> one's doing that but everybody's eyes were just like oh my god what's happening i don't think you should try to talk politics unless you're on a long road trip and it's just you and the other person. I think that's the that's the safest place to hear each other's point of views. In any other instance, there's this grandstanding of I'm going to be right, you're going to be wrong. And I lean very hard into into being empathic towards other people's point yeah. of views. Like I have a I have a nephew who's um He's 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 like my age, but he's a nephew, and um, there there are suburbs of St. Louis. <laughs> and, I have a six-year-old nephew yeah. who's a Trump supporter. <laughs> that <laughs> little bastard. Bag of hat, one of those little <laughs> ball caps. The most uh, the most adorable guy in Florida. He's incredible. Uh, he just loves his country so much. He wants to build a wall. Build a 
wall. He's building a little wall. Legos. Legos. <laughs> built a prototype. Yeah. But yeah, but like they're um, they just had a baby this week, and you can look at like the love in their life and know that like they're they're doing the best that they can. And it's just yeah. like you just aren't going to solve somebody's um, you know, like what what kind of uh, ideas they've decided to make. And um, and I mean that coming from a place that's uh, that you know wherever I come from, you know, with audience and things differently. You know, I'm not here to tell them what to think, but it's it's about respect. And that's what when we look into going into Thanksgiving, I guess the the to button up this whole idea, it's like how do you get through Thanksgiving with respect? Because the the one the one group of people in your life that should deserve the respect is your family and it's the easiest to be like man fuck you uncle steve <laughs> it's the easiest to just like yeah. not give each other the respect we we yeah. give respect to these to strangers at starbucks right so true because our family yeah you're like what are you gonna do kick me out of the family yeah like, i can let all of my aggression out at you. you know they'll forgive you yeah i've had the hardest time um digesting what went down with me and my mom this last month which uh, we went home and it was like a totally great trip tasha's parents came to New England. We announced our engagement. We got engaged like a month and uh, a half ago. We announced it to all of our family. But like, I couldn't get over the fact like that my mom... A full two months ago, babe. Okay, it was two months ago. But uh, but I'm just... <laughs> he keeps shortchanging how long we've been engaged. And I don't understand what, Time why. Time flies when he's Time with you. Time flies when I'm with you. Thank you. I love, yes, can she be my PR person? And he's like, you know, when Dave's with you, time flies. Thank you. She said it. But she's, I'm going to call you from now on and put you on speaker. Tell Tasha how I feel because I'm coming off like an asshole. <laughs> you know, when Dave gets upset, he feels like he's been hurt and he really just wants a hug. But Sorry I, I interrupt. I, I don't have love in my life, so I'm here to support you. Uh, we sure love you. Our <laughs> listeners love you, May. Um, oh, well, by the way, Tasha and I born in May. We got a May. Oh, I don't know what the connection is. Perfect. When okay. were you born? What time? November. Of year? November. So oh, you were conceived in May. That doesn't. So you have up. a birthday no. coming February. up. February. Yes, I do. When? It's November twenty first. Wow! What a fun Thank day. Eleven two one 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 two one. Very binary. Yes. 80s child 80s child nice yeah yeah i'm the oldest here i know how it goes i can judge a new englander's age <laughs> you were in the age. 70s no <laughs> <laughs> how do you know you're the oldest here i just know i can tell you have very nice skin tasha always makes fun Thank of new you. englander's skin she looks at me and she goes oh you age horribly i go it's the ozone layers depleted i'm battling with my mom anyway i don't know not to get in i love we all my have fishermen yeah like skin for some just reason just the salt <laughs> all, yeah the salt and it's water. like DNA. Yeah, yeah. You're all from pirates and just, whalers. Yeah. Just that scowl where you're trying to remove ice in February <laughs> off of your car because you're late for work and you're slipping on your Doc Martens. The whole thing happens. He was 12. Yeah, <laughs> was 12. Using my Legos to build a wall. But anyway, so it's it's um I like to see when I can see, when I can see empathy and label it and be like I'm I'm happy for them even though like yeah. I, even though I've had to uh, delete his comments from many a Facebook post and tell him like please stop and family gets involved to be like oh. Oh, we're just fucking around and you go there's i gotta i gotta police my southern california people from my midwestern family you have to know that like in what other world did we live where where strangers could fight in in your status update very, it's very bizarre. I don't let that shit happen. I, I, I police stopped it. going on Facebook. I was very vocal on Facebook. I was the one who was like, Meh, Trump sucks. Like, like right around the, the election. last election. Yeah. yeah. It brought out, it unleashed a monster inside of me that 
I'll be honest, I always knew it was there, but <laughs> really gave it, yeah, I just really let it, let the anger flag fly during that election. And it made me feel so much worse, even though it was mostly people that agreed with me. There's always like one or two people who were trolls who would just like. Well, you feel let down, I think. Yeah. At least that's my experience because I come from a very conservative part of the country that I feel very let down to see people who you know, have a special place in my heart who just don't value the same sort of things that are so important to me, you know, yeah. like they have their stance on like women's rights. Like they, they don't even think of it that way, but I'm like, I, I don't know. It feels, it feels like pointed and hurtful towards me. Yes, that's exactly it. It felt personal. Mm -hmm. The last election felt very personal. It was like, it became about women's rights. It became about LGBTQ rights, like racism. It just, all these things that were like, these are real. These are not just like political issues. This is not like arguing about Romney's opinions on taxes anymore. Yeah, you know, like right. that that was a time when you, it was easier to argue about yeah. politics. And maybe like, you know, feminism isn't like, a, is more of an idea in their world because they yeah. live in like their own little safe, very safe Midwestern Southern bubble and they don't experience ass grabbing on the subway. But I experienced ass grabbing on the subway and like, you know, and that's what it felt like when Trump yeah, won. It was yeah. like it felt like someone was someone grabbing your ass, ass on the subway, and my pussy. exactly, and everyone else in the subway is like, "Yeah, I support <laughs> that." And you're like, "What? <laughs> no!" It's very, it's Call very, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to try to put put myself in your shoes because that's not no one's grabbed my ass on a subway, or like even if they did, there was no fear of like or shame or any of those things attached to it. So it's very, it's very hard to to put yourself in other people's shoes. But you know, I guess you know, I. To, to move on from the what I keep on bringing up sorry the Facebook <laughs> thing is that like yeah we just need to take ourselves out of the the quick feeling of being right and move into the feeling of like you know, there's no like there's like like in any fight there's the the win the winner is whoever decides to resolve the fight yeah. so like we both win when we decide the fight so we don't win when we double down and say that we're right. Well, I think, and I think that online communications are conducive to that kind of like needing to be right. They get takes the humanity out of these arguments and out of these debates entirely. Could, yeah, could it's you, not um, a face-to-face -face conversation no. where like empathy is easy. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure if I was having a conversation with a Trump supporter and I was trying to explain like, hey, this is why, you know, I didn't like when he said that thing about grabbing women by the pussy, blah, blah, blah. Like maybe they would listen to me and then maybe they'd be like, and we don't like it when you say that you when you say that we're all racist or whatever. It's yeah. like those conversations when had online are it's like they're too simplistic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Too simplistic. And it's easier to be offensive and to say like, well, you're all racist and stuff like that. It's like without realizing. There's like, no okay. nuance there. Yes. It's complicated. Yeah. Now, uh, say you met the man of your dreams okay. uh, or woman of your dreams or whatever gender of your dreams. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they're really it sparks are flying, right? Limbic systems are flaring. A lot of um, oxytocins are being dumped, and then you find out that they don't align with your political beliefs. <laughs> Could you be? Because because Tasha and I are not we're 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 kind of leaning in the same direction, but I don't think I lean as far as you do with a lot of things because I don't have the same you know whatever Experience. we're different we're different, and you know there's a little bit of abrasion with that, but who, who, no one's got a problem with a little bit of abrasion. But could you date somebody who's just? No, yeah. I, I, my grandma date. My grandma was a super hardcore Democrat, 
and both of her husbands were hardcore Republicans, my grandpa and my step-grandpa. And I always thought that was just like unbelievable. She was like going to marches and like out there <laughs> in the field. Like she had like posters on the wall. But it, what did that even look like 60 years ago? Like a Republican, you know what I mean? They like, probably didn't talk about it. That was probably yeah. how, whereas now everyone's talking about it. Um, You know, I'm on the apps and I tend to, uh, I tend to go for, I tend to look right away at the, at the, where it says like their political leanings, because that is a big part of who I am. And I feel like that is something that I value in terms of like what I'm looking for in a partner, but I'm single. So maybe I need to, <laughs> maybe I need to start yeah. swiping right on some go, conservatives. Go, the, uh, yeah, the go hit the RNC uh, and just parties. see what would happen. Yeah, what would that be like? I don't know. I've never dated uh, anybody who wasn't my first boyfriend in high school was like, conservative he was venezuelan and we are and i was 15 and or 16 and arguing with him all the time about abortion and like gay rights and stuff like that <laughs> so for their yeah for their good as well as mine i feel like it's not what are the much. um so what what else uh, what else are you looking for in the apps as far as um early early screening of potential mates that's it. <laughs> I mean, it is like, really nice. Show me that you voted for the Democrats. I, all I ask is for your voting history. All Where I did need. you stand in 1998? Like. I don't need your STD test. <laughs> yeah. I just need your voting record. Honestly, truly. STDs, we can work around that. You know what I mean? I don't my, know who was it? I think my friend Katie Haller had a joke that like she, her, she dated a guy with an STD. He was Republican. That was... Uh, yeah. She's funny. Katie. Oh, yeah. I love, she's she's yeah, the best. She's uh, yeah, so so just so you, so you just want someone I, ideologically which is not I'm not judging you for that I think that's great I mean you want to be able to at least not, not have to roll your eyes on every other comment when it's about something you know you want you want to believe in the same things that you're yeah but I mean yes I do I think it's really important especially now but always but at the same time it's like you know maybe it wouldn't hurt for me to Okay, I think conservative is probably too far, but it's like maybe I should open up my heart to like a moderate. What would that look yeah. like? I don't know. Because yesterday's conservative might be today's you know, moderate. You don't it's it's it's, yeah. it's 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 all evolving and I think on both sides of the of the aisle there's a little bit of the same. So there's a lot of Trump supporters that were also Bernie people. There's people that are just anti like I've got this thing but, inside of me that wants to see everything burned down. I don't know what it is. I just want this. I want the biggest hurricanes. I always hear I want that. The biggest earthquakes. I don't relate to that. I'm like, there was that fire I yesterday. Hate fires. And I, I was don't like, want anything to burn. There was a fire yesterday. Like, oh yeah, but the, the winds aren't bad. I was like, oh, that would have been interesting. I don't know. It's just in me. There's something about about um, apocalypse that's in me that just wants the, the big one, the big the earthquake to just come and we get into a well, car. Well, it's all because it's a clean slate kind of idea, right? I don't like know. You, you start fresh with a clean slate and then you can rebuild it how I you want think, instead of having all this. I think like, of all the charred bodies. Yeah. There's something. It'll smell bad. No, everyone always thinks they're going to survive the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. I or the plague. I'll be the first to go. This mustache is built for an apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> I can blend in. I can hit both parties. Well, I can head into the Midwest and be just fine. <laughs> I um, No, I think it's a genetic thing. Just like some people like love uh, pimple popping videos, there's something about me that <laughs> that maybe uh, maybe my through the potato famine of Ireland. You want to pop the pimple of capitalism? Yes, I just want to <laughs> squeeze it out of the fucking out. mirror. Just shoot it out of here. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know. So what? So so uh, what? So are you primarily looking for love on the dating apps, or are you? Uh, um, I went through a period for a while where I was like dating a lot of like I was dating a lot when I first moved to LA because I was like it's a whole new city. There's all these new people, and I was going on a ton of dates, and I like dated some people for a little while. 
Um, and I was, yeah, I was really excited about it. And then I just got really burned out because I, I was like tired of things that didn't work. I was like, I got, yeah, it's disheartening it's to so disheartening. go on like first date after first date and yes. not feel a connection or feel a connection. And then it fizzles out immediately. Yes. Or it goes on for a few months and then they end it with you or it goes on for a few months and you end it with them. It was like, I had all of the different kind of ways things can end. I experienced that. And then I just got kind of like, well, I'm never going to meet the, I'm never going to meet my person. Like I just got really kind of dis- That seems to be the powerful place, even though you don't want to be disappointed disappointed but i think that's the powerful place to be to just be like man I fuck all up. this bullshit that's kind of how i feel now i'm like you know what i love my dog i love my friends <laughs> like this is I, like every christmas movie where the where she's like i'm over it no more guys for me and then around and then you hear some like christmas bells ringing. some guys like hey <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking around that? the corner to see if like, someone was about to Let's write him. a Christmas movie where like she finds the love of her life and then she sees that he's, uh, you know, w- worked a, for a the Mitt Romney's uh, oh campaign God, committee that or something. That would be so... That is great. But I then, but then there's some sort of redeeming quality to him. It's like a modern Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and then she becomes Republican and then they just get old and start hating um, no. Jews. Minorities no, together. <laughs> <laughs> Just take some weird twist. Like, we went from Everyone's a Christian. Like, I thought this was gonna be a happy movie. I mean, it is a Christmas movie, so the idea that they would hate Jews at the end. Yeah, they. Go. <laughs> we've been talking about. Um, we've been talking about that. I should write a Christmas movie because it just seems like you see every. I year, love them. There's no. They're quicker so way horrible. To get on TV. Like I, I watched one the They're other so day. Th- there's this one. I won't say the production company's name because I'd happily work for them. But um, their their movies are so bad. So like they'll buy of- anything and they'll make anything. No, I watched one without you well we so we started watching this production company like four years ago and every year their production quality gets a little bit better but it's still like oh this is a sunny brooks production or whatever the i don't even know the name but like we know when we see it we're like oh shit we're in for one now because nowadays with photoshop you can just make a nice like movie trailer and it's like they really cut down the script to like as bare bones as possible so you're almost watching it like this is really missing something like you're not fully invested but we like talk our way through the plot my favorite it's my favorite season like all right he's please uh, hire me as a writer yeah. on your shows <laughs> i would love to write a bad bad you, stuff you need some sort of home foreclosure you need your farm to go yes. out of business your donut shop you know the cost of sprinkles is too high so your donut shop's going out of business and then and then some and then the whole and town goes gluten free miracle yeah and then your christmas miracle has to happen at the last second and then there has to be love and it always snows on christmas and it snows oh on yeah. Christmas. yeah that fake it foamy snow, snow. Yeah, yeah, it's like really fake <laughs> it was funny living in la is i've driven through like studio city on a day when they're shooting a christmas movie and it's like shaped it's 90 sober. degrees outside and the poor background are like all in parkas <laughs> and they'll just like shoot into very specific oh corners where like sweating they moved all the snow crying. into the shot so they've just like swept snow and and vice versa i've worked on gossip girl in new york where it's like springtime and it's like it's a dead prom of winter. scene and it's negative and just, 10 you know, outside they have like these heat lamps that like look like lawnmowers that just go over the, the, the they just dry and melt the snow all at once it's pretty interesting but anyway the world's fake everything's fake go enjoy your christmas uh yeah i don't i could i, I think we can make a christmas film 
I think we could do it. I don't know. I think but, the bar's low. I think we all sh- could. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's your way into like a, a serious writing career. I think is so just right. by writing just write Christmas movie. movies. You because you a, know what? Don't even edit it. Don't l- fact check. Listen, especially <laughs> in the days of like streaming services, Christmas movies are in high demand. And like, yes, you watch the classics every year, but you also want to have new ones. And like last yeah. year, Netflix came out with what maybe five Christmas movies, and I would say one or two of them were good. And everything else that they like bought so that they could have Christmas movies on Netflix was complete crap. But they so made all a- you have to do is write like a good Christmas movie every year and or you're making mediocre. bank. Yeah, even mediocre. Here's, I think you look bigger than that. You make eight different Christmas movies and then after, and then you release them all at once and then the next year, the Christmas movies start to live in the same universe of each other and then after 10 years, you just make the most epic Christmas movie of all time where like everyone from the previous Christmas movies is all like <gasps> moves to the same town. I think you could have so That's like a Marvel... Like you Harry know, Potter level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Babe... Please, I was, I, want looking, I was looking at a house today that's for sale. Please make this happen. She needs this. Get I need house. this house. But I mean, could you do it? Uh, could you? What you're, you're going to have to like lean into the Republican Christmas uh, ideologies. Like, could you make a movie that that's just you know, like could you make your money off of with Jesus undertones? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. As long as you have also like you have like the main characters be gay or something, you know what I mean? They're yeah, like gay we need diversity <laughs> casting. Yeah, that's gonna kill in uh, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. The gay uh, Republicans. The, uh, yeah, an, an atheist writer becomes the best Christmas movie maker of all time. I think this is. I have a new life goal, you guys. Thank have, you. Have you met? Um, have you dated guys that weren't on board that work that were religious or weren't on board with you as far as like what you thought? spiritually i dated a minister but he was a unitarian minister and i don't even know what unitarian is it's barely i mean with all respect to him it's barely a religion it's like <laughs> <laughs> all due respect and the least respectful that's a compliment um, unitarian universalism is like this hippie spiritual religion where it's kind of like what you were describing with your mom it's like God is in nature, like we're all connected, just be kind to your fellow humans. But we would, like I would go to his services and he would talk about, yeah, basically what I just said. That sounds kind of cool. It was I think pretty I could amazing. Get into that. Yeah, I really liked it actually. Have you, have you uh, dived into the world of love language? Do you know what you specifically need from a, from a mate? Yes, humor is my love language language you need to receive humor or both. or have yours appreciated both there needs wow. to be a lot of i like a lot of riffing in my love language i like i want to exchange a lot of witty texts like i want oh. somebody who can make me laugh like a good meme exchange i love a meme exchange yes <laughs> i know, just want someone to send me memes 90 percent of, of our relationship is just tagging each other in other people's okay Instagram you don't photos. have to brag i get it you guys <laughs> no, have we, oh. <laughs> please waving we, your meme in front of me. <laughs> I'm gonna start tagging both of you into this. <laughs> no, we um uh we uh I think uh I think we fight enough. I think people listening, you go, oh, they have a perfect. They go, oh boy. <laughs> Rewind a few episodes. Well, we str- don't fight on the podcast. Well, <laughs> it, we're not there yet. We're, <laughs> we um we've uh it's been uh probably the biggest challenge of my life learning how to communicate with Tasha and learning that it is a different language yeah. that and it's not something you learn every day, but you have to learn. All right. And, and this is hard as a comic that I have to learn, maybe step off the gas. Maybe step off the gas on being right about this. Yeah, yes. Because she'll fuck up and I'll have to just know that she knows she fucked up or like, you know, whatever. 
and and I'll just whereas uh, with a buddy I'd be like yeah that was on you you fucked up with Tasha I'd be like yeah let's just work on the resolution and not worry about who was at fault for something I don't know I'll be honest with you I mean I'm gonna point fingers which is not healthy in a relationship I don't know if you are uh, 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 look at resolutions right away when I fuck up you go oh boy if I take the wrong turn you know I I've been driving her to and from work because I'm a fucking God sent her. My car is in the shop. I'm her Uber driver that doesn't charge. (laughs) (laughs) Bad business model. And then, like, you know, one day, like, God forbid, I mean, I've, you know, of all of our history, I, you've I made you wait one percent of the time, and you've made me wait. Not, I mean, women women make you wait. They make you wait. I'm gonna be I'm gonna stereotype based on gender. Women, you have 17 bags when you go out the door. I'm always packing your lunch. I'm buttering your well, toast. We always have to be prepared for everything. Yeah, of yeah. Course. We're picking up y'all's slack. Yeah, exactly. We're making sure that the world runs and that people. Yeah. But yeah. What happens when you have a headache? Yeah, we we're the one with a pharmacy in, in our purse. Exactly. We oh, have every, she's got every a full on war happening in her body. And I don't begin to understand. She's got uh, Lyme disease. So like the other oh day I come home and she d- she's uh, wakes up and goes, where have you been? Where are you? What's going on? I was compl- I, it, this has never happened to me before, but I literally felt like I was abducted by aliens. I had no fucking clue what time it was, where I was, like where. I, yeah, it was. You might have been just in a deep sleep. Like your body might have just shut off whatever that. I was like sure that he had already been home. And so when he came home, I was like. But it, my brain just couldn't wrap around that he like just got home from work. It was wild. And this is a symptom of Lyme disease. I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there's a lot I of think neuro- aliens. It's either me. aliens or Lyme. We don't well, know. One of the those two. are all the pills she takes every day, plus oh some. My God. No, it's and a- um, I mean, there's a lot over there. It's 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 interesting. And you know, coming from New England, you probably know. I mean, my like, mom had has had Lyme disease for like years. Was she able to? Uh, did it make her a Quaker? Is that? Is <laughs> That's that one why of the she's Quaker. Being, yeah. You just kick the spirit right out of her. <laughs> she kept vi- volunteering with poor people. <laughs> is, <laughs> she, <laughs> is she better now? Like, yes. is she in remission? She's in remission. Good. Yeah. She's been in a very very serious regimen for the last year that yeah. involves a lot of homeopathic stuff, antibiotics, a lot of different things that um, a doctor she found in Washington, D.C., who overcame Lyme disease, has created this like giant binder of solutions. And it's very complicated. And it's a bunch of random attacks in the body. But it, it, it's a physical and mental and also like neurological thing. But luckily, you're getting treatment and you're young. But yeah, it's scary for me. Not, and I'm not trying to make this about me, but I don't know what to do to help her. But I, what I don't want to do is nurse her too much. Sounds stupid, but I don't want to be like, oh, baby, I want to be like, come on, you're going to be, you know what I mean? Like, you got your mind, not not mind over matter so much as like, I can't help you other than be positive that we're going to get, that you're going to be fine. You know, she's, you look fine right now, but like you get joint pains and all these, and for the longest time, it was like me being like, oh, I'm dating a fucking crazy person over here. I mean, really, because all your, you know, for Lyme, most of the symptoms just aren't proven to be, you don't have a bone sticking out. You just, you just ankles hurt. I'm like, I don't know what to do with for you. It feels like you're just complaining until you're diagnosed and you go, okay, well, let's, let's work on like the most anti-inflammatory solution. You know what I mean? But it is, it is one of those things that involves a ton of personal research because people that say they have the answers probably don't like, it's just different. It just affects everyone differently. Yeah. How long have you had it? Um, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to know. I um, My symptoms started appearing probably like around six or seven years ago. And um, that was also when I was bit by a tick here in Los Angeles. 
So, you know, yeah. that lines up. Could I and have you remember had it longer? Do you remember like seeing the tick? Like, yeah. And removing. Okay. So yeah. you have like a real root potential. Yeah. 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 Um, but I didn't get like a bullseye rash. I had like a, you know, a small like redness around the bite site. But like, you know, it, it's one of those things. It doesn't present itself the same way in all people. Um, Aside from your physical issues that you've been pretty good about sort of battling through, I think the toughest thing, which is something you've said you battled, is the anxiety that comes with it. And um, if I have too much coffee or a Red Bull before a set, I feel anxious. There's different things we can do to like prevent anxiety. Obviously with Lyme, that's something that's within you that you have to take like the proactive steps every day to be like, I'm going to lose my shit if I'm late for work. I'm going to lose my shit if... I, the car doesn't have enough gas and you know all these little things that you can control like you have to be you have to like become more in control of what Proactive, you can control so yeah. then when yeah. the, when something changes or is out of your control you'll be fine but also like you've you've probably had the, the that's a, a level of that anxiety before like just with your own family dynamic you know what i mean i don't know like i don't think i was ever an anxious person well, but you've come, you, 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 you know, you, whenever we visit your family, we never, it's not, there's no business being done. There's no like you being, having to go to, they're not in control of you. Like you, you've created a world where you, you're in control of yourself. I think that's important to you. You know what I mean? You're looking at me like this is like a first I'm trying time I've to ever figure, said this. No, I'm just trying to figure out why you started talking, pointing all this at me. This podcast well, because is not we, about me. Oh, we're making it about you. <laughs> May's like, oh, now you're fighting. We get it. It's it like, what can you like, May, what can you do to like, you said you're, you, you, you know, one of the things that maybe imprinted on you is like, like you've anxiety because it's something that we all feel, especially I'm with social media. And that, yeah. Too. So it's like, what you, you might maybe never get rid of it, but what can you do to sort of like, what do you do to kind of be proactive to avoid those flares? Well, leaving New York actually really helped my anxiety a lot because I didn't realize how much of it was related to just like the environment that I was living in. Um, and so that helped. Um, I've taken medication in the past, but then like medication came with side effects. So then I stopped taking the medication. Um, and my anxiety has just like gotten better. But I, I do think that you just have to do like a lot of work kind of like with you and your Lyme disease. It's like, you just have to kind of figure out what are like all the different things, what are all the different parts that I can do, all the different things I can do to like minimize the... Yeah, you kind of have to create your own little oasis. I totally have done that. Like I know exactly what I need. I know if I'm going out and hanging out with friends, I'm going to need some like alone time to recover. Like, you know, just that sort of thing. And like, I really think of my home as my oasis. But like yesterday I came home, the people who live downstairs have like a fucking drum kit in their apartment and they like, or like a really loud bass or something. And like, it's not all the time, but... But when they play their music, they play it at like 25, you know, like 11, like the highest they can turn it up. They turn it up two more. And um, so like the floors are shaking, the walls are shaking. And then there was a car alarm going off outside the dog across the hall. I don't know. This guy has like not been home for two days. So his dog's been like barking and scratching at the door nonstop. Soon as the car alarm starts going off, this building over here, their fire alarm started going off. And I was like, I'm gonna die. I like, I just needed like to curl up in a and plug my ears it was so anxiety inducing because my home my safe space felt like it was under attack you know that's how I felt in New York like every day it was just like I don't have space I need quiet like there's too much there's so many things going on and I totally agree that now I have this home that's like quiet and beautiful and I have plants and I have my dog (laughs) and it's like I need all of these things to kind of like rejuvenate myself and as we mentioned uh at the start of the podcast I 
No, I don't. I don't need that NPR quietness. I'm okay with <laughs> leaving a few different uh, things on. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder what that is. I wonder what that is. That's like you just you know because we we've we you have that book called like the what hypersensitive or highly sensitive person. Mm-hmm. I think we're all just tuned into into the world at a different freak like a different volume level Mm -hmm. so like some things just bother like i could i could let some like uh i could let my my blinker be on for a five-hour road trip and be like okay with it whereas like that would like drive like if i was like tapping my finger that would drive you mad you know that would just drive you fucking absolutely insane and i just think like i wish i could swaddle you in this blanket with a big clip and put some headphones on you and just like (laughs) set you down on the couch because like you're never gonna you know what i mean like we're gonna great yeah (laughs) why don't you do that we're gonna move to some farm someday and then and then she's gonna be like ah finally the peace and then some bird's gonna sit on the windsill and be like no no not today (laughs) and she's like ah you know, you know that's gonna be. I'll buy myself a little BB gun. Just, oh, yeah, like, oh, she's, oh, for sure. She, we had a fly problem. She, like, this, we have right there the tennis racket, right? We got like these electric tennis rackets. <laughs> it's for her mental health. She's gotta just gotta fucking start slaughter those <laughs> those animals. Yeah, we love animals, not flies. We will as kill long them. As they don't we'll make a noise. The electric tennis racket love chair. Silent animals. <laughs> but it's also it's like you know it's that's so that's up to you, Tasha, to learn how to live with the fact that you can't control someone's a volume but i also had to remind tasha that at 2 a.m every night our 55 pound dog jumps off of the bed onto the ground and god knows what kind of uh, sound that makes to our downstairs you know what i mean there's just so like as much as we were like started to like you know she because I, I come home and tasha's like Shh, quiet and she's got her phone out with a decibel reading and she's going to every corner of the house reading the decibels. <laughs> and I'm like, this is fucking You're making bitch. me sound like a crazy person, but it has been I like a real it. problem. And I spoke to my building manager and she was like, all right, well, write down, you know, when they're playing music, you have to like r- r- write a formal complaint and keep track of the hours and record the sound and like... And That's it's true. It. Like they I can, they can just go down twenty percent and it probably would, it be, would fine. be fine. But like, yeah. but also we will get a formal complaint about a 55 pound dog <laughs> jump because Boone's you've seen his legs they're three inches long there's no spring to his jump it's boom he just hits the ground hard and he's all front heavy he, he, you yeah. need to get him a little trampoline uh, we yeah. got him a little staircase he uses the staircase to go up but he still likes to cannonball off of the bed <laughs> hours of the night just full on like no I, and then he's got these long nails that clink 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 go all over the place but he's so cute but he's so cute what if anyone complains just like show them a picture yeah this <laughs> is what you're complaining about have you about. seen this dog they're like oh my god we're so sorry please make all the noise you want we got to get out of here in a second we're almost at an hour here but so we've um so so i guess uh i guess the moral of the story is uh is um try to take care of your own anxieties i mean i i i use i i, I and don't I, be loud if you have neighbors and don't be loud if you have neighbors yeah it's if you play the drums go get it go to the forest get a studio get a studio like, come oh, on that's what that's for uh, yeah. if you go to the forest you'd be like oh the wind is making the not trees. true not true there oh i can i can no you're now. fine you should be able to live in an apartment but if you play the drums you should not play the drums in an apartment where other people live. yeah don't be a trombone player in a small <laughs> old brick building yeah band rehearsal twice a week. new york we always had a violinist and an opera singer in new york <laughs> and it's like in i in theory that sounds nice yeah, but you're getting like, free opera but you're like shut up it's like there's i just a think reason if you're practicing. making like if you're gonna have a studio like a rehearsal space in your apartment it needs to have every inch of the wall covered in that soundproofing stuff completely and agree. the ceiling and layers of rugs on the ground but you get mad because you think that that guy you you take it as like a personal attack no. but like he might he it might just be a really good bass that isn't even that loud you know bass just travels 
which doesn't mean it's right. It just means like, you know. I just think that like we are very considerate of our neighbors. Like as soon as it's 9 p.m., I'm like, oh, turn the tv down a little bit you know what i mean like during the day when there's lots of noise going on outside and downstairs and you know wherever you tend to have the volume a little louder because there's other noise elsewhere but when it starts to quiet down oh turn the tv down a little bit and like we're considerate and conscientious and we think of other people tasha's number one word she uses is conscientious i can barely say it's a good word uh and then you asked me the other day at getting tacos tasha why like you think i'm so not um I don't know, in agreement with like rules of society. And I, and we talked about it. Do you think there's like a, like, do you think there's a gender divide? Do you think women are forced by society to be more rule abiding? I think that yeah. we just have more consequences when we break rules. Like you are a white male. So basically what? you can get away with murder. No, it's true. Like you just, you with show up for with work late every day <laughs> yeah. and like, you don't care. And like, you know, you leave your car unattended at your job with the keys in it and your boss yells at you and you don't care. Like no you're not going to get fired. But the girl that works with you that wasn't doing anything worse than what you do at work got fired. You know, it's just like there are more consequences for women. Women is uh, society. I feel like is much less forgiving of a woman making a mistake than a man making a mistake. What do you think about that, May? It's facts. It's so true. She just broke it down. There's nothing. I don't have anything to add. So, but and it's been proven. Oh, actually, I do. I'm not not against. I'm not against. Another thing about women. I'm not against what. I'm not against what you guys are saying by by any means. But it's it's fascinating. You see it in like comedy. You see female comics constantly get in trouble for like their words like oh, Amy Schumer said this it's like whereas like male comics can get away with like so much more <laughs> and then same with in politics you know like a one misstep from a female politician can like completely screw over her whole campaign whereas like a male politician can literally grab women by the pussy and still become president so it's yeah so think about Katie makes- Hill and her consensual relationship mm-hmm. and she was forced to resign and think about all the men <laughs> the president still in office after missteps much yeah. greater and they got her in my opinion yeah she shouldn't have quit she shouldn't have quit but that's a that's a whole different issue but yeah. i i think but uh, like people come out with the pitchforks yeah, and demand your resignation and you, like so do you think maybe maybe and again i'm not there's no solutions here but do you think maybe uh because then you get like aoc right or you get uh, a very abrasive female comedian they can rise to the top very quick if they don't give a fuck so it's part of it learning to not give a fuck about what others think because I don't give a fuck if I'm several minutes late for work because I'll just stay a couple extra minutes and that, that's maybe well, a bad I, example but like I don't give a fuck if like I mean I, I but do, you have to have people on your team like you can only be that sort of like uncaring abrasive woman if you know that your agents are not going to drop you or whatever like yes. uh, like you have to have no consequences that's the point is that there are more consequences even for women in the workplace like i don't know there's not consequences for men for just being assholes but there are consequences for women for being slightly too bossy you know what i mean like i don't know we have to walk a very fine line it's like a balancing act of not being i believe all that where like they got they want an assertive man and a compliant woman and all that i believe all that but i also think that it's it's an opportunity to just really 
you know, like they say, you know, go go to the audition and just not give two flying fucks because you have the self confidence that you're like you're in control. Like like I like I don't I don't do lines. I don't do waiting in line for things. I've just learned I just can't. It makes me feel like I'm being kind of dehumanized. It's, it sounds stupid to say that, but it's like oh but wait no just just you saying that the rest of us are like huh so what do you do at Starbucks like you know like the no, rest no, no, of us I'm, are just like oh so you think you're more important than everyone else in no society, Starbucks is fine and you don't have to wait in line put it this way doing like on a on a film set or something if it's like all right everyone get in line we're gonna go see wardrobe I go I'll wait till the line dies down. Because I know that you're going to put me in a line and then not need me for but 40 But you also minutes. don't have consequences in that situation because you're a union no, no, no. person who's True. not going to get right, but thrown I'll, off but I'll the tell set. The PA, please get in line. I'll say, listen, not my first rodeo. And then I'll communicate when the line dies down, I'll be there. Okay. And then, and then they love that they don't have to worry about me. And so like, it, maybe it's a weird example, but like, I just, but I just. But I don't think that I would have that same probably Privilege. not probably not yeah probably not but it's just one of those things you st- you still have to learn again i'm not trying to mansplain to you guys how to be at an audition or something like that or how to be on stage i'm just saying like but it's I, also just like uh, in my opinion like why am i gonna make this person's job harder by being non-compliant there's just times like when, wouldn't i just i'm sort of like uh, i'm not gonna make your day worse i'm not gonna make you have to have a talk with me i'm not gonna make you have to chase me down i'm just gonna make your job easier because that's the right yeah. nice thing to it's, do it's bizarre because i'm i'm a very like uh I, I don't want um, fights with people, but I've gotten in fights with people, like verbally. But over don't you understand that when out. you don't play by the rules, like you're making everyone else's job more difficult? Yeah, and, but sometimes it's like no, no right, no right that? on red, and I go, I'll look at the four way, and then I'll make a right on red. I don't care. I'll take that with like if if it doesn't make I've decided what's moral for me so like if it's against but the that's law different than like and we have to care we just care I think women just care more yeah it's like we have more empathy we're always thinking about other people oh. we're always thinking about the cost oh, our yeah. impact well listen no people. my empathy's through the roof like I'll I'll feel horrible like I don't but but it's it's a little complicated but what I wish for you Tasha is that I I would wish for you to not take shit at a casting if if they're if they're being a you know a, you know what to you I wish for you you to but be I d- I the badass diva that you are to me because <laughs> i get i i get it here's what i get you you are that non-compliant way to me and then and then you also complain to me about the the things that aren't in your control and but anyway this is but you're not gonna like talk shit about like the other thing is if she's non-compliant then other people are oh she's a diva we don't want to work with her whereas you love her and are her partner so she's more right. able, she has more freedom and i guess the, yeah no but you're right and i guess the goal is and that's why you do the podcast without a network. That's why you do stand up because yeah. you know they say as comic you got to get fired from every single place you work. You want to take your t- your life back under control because I've been fired. My first job out of college, I got fired at, and it and it definitely imprinted on me the fact that I never want to be told by someone else what I can and can't do. I want to be the creator who can create my own things. We have a patreoncom slash sap <laughs> patreoncom slash thesap. I like to be able to you know, create in the, like for Tasha, we want to, we want to be able to create our own work where people don't get to tell us what to do. And it's not some maniacal thing. It's just because we're in an industry where there for, for decades, there's just been these gatekeepers, these four studios that make films. Now it's like, nah, playa, we're making a Christmas movie with an atheist. We're doing it. We're going to go make that film. And it's, again, I know, I know that there's limitations on that and you're going to, Tasha's checked out. She's in a different universe. I've seen her float away. 
but there's there is something that like we learn i guess in our relationship you learn from each other like tasha's helped me a lot with negotiating you've helped me be less compliant where i'm like oh i'll take whatever you got like i'm That's that why way i don't understand what you're why you're like ragging on me like i am not the boss ass bitch who takes no shit because i totally am but i feel consequences for it like i see consequences for yeah. it and yeah and we're just different that like you've helped me negotiate we've actually helped each other negotiate things where like that's why you get an agent because there's been times when you were like i'll do that for 700 and i'm like that's for 850 just because it's like you just you just start to like vibe what your self-worth is and tasha's like you shouldn't do that gig unless they pay you and i'm like they're not gonna pay me <laughs> like i've set my self-worth at zero when it comes to comedy and entertainment because mm. that's where i know that there's some other bro or something that they're gonna you know what i mean yeah. you just you just start to know like how do i get my how, and the only in the but answer why is it okay for you to shortchange yourself no it's not it's not and I, but i have to learn like well i get to name my price and my value when i bring my audience and i have my people watching like there's plenty of like c- comedy out there that you probably would find like not even funny at all but if like if they've already tapped into the internet and have their following then they've got their th- we were watching this 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 uh i know I, this uh friend of mine who i took a class with years ago she's ultra viral on youtube and she she's she's i've been watching i've been like hate watching her youtube she's making probably 10 to twenty thousand dollars a day like no joke like i've done the math on her following and the number and it's just wild but she's making like kids like all of her commercial her advertisements are all for like seven-year-olds but she's killing it and it's like that's just what she's done she's learned how to kind of like create her own thing and she'll never probably get hired by netflix or a network but like she's just reaping she's just moved you know is a millionaire who owns a mansion now because she tapped into a market of nine-year-olds who comment on her YouTube videos. And that's, anyway. That's we've got, goals. That's what we That's goals. <laughs> I hope nine-year-olds watch my Christmas movie about gay Republicans. And then when you're like some really old lady, they're like 24, they're finally cool. And then yeah. you're the cool older person yeah, because you've got it. this like niche army of nine-year-olds. Yeah. Nine-year-old Republicans. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What, uh, uh, what, what do you have to promote? Uh, your social media or anything? anything um, yeah, you? you can follow me on Twitter. Twitter at, at Shut Up May or on Instagram at May Wilkerson. And it's M A Y. M A Y W I L K E R S O N. And I post, I do shows sometimes and I post them on Instagram. And you and Alyssa pot have a podcast together. We do. Right? It's called Crazy in Bed, Crazy Semicolon in Bed. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram. I love a good semicolon. Yeah. Very important to the it's title. It's important because <laughs> it's about mental health uh, and de- it's about anxiety and depression, <laughs> not about sex. Uh, what, what have you learned through the podcast about? about that all have you is it just been a self-exploration of your craziness in bed or is it well we've learned a lot it's been a lot of self-exploration a lot of exploration of other people's issues we definitely learned that like um new york and la have entirely different uh, set of mental health issues and that like in new york we were dealing with a lot more anxiety and then in la it's kind of different that people aren't as anxious here and people are kind of working on themselves more. People are kind of value happiness. What about depression out here? It exists. I have it. So I don't know if I can speak for everyone else. Do you think part of it's like every billboards industry related? Every billboards like get Botox, you (laughs) old bitch. And then then it's like a, and then it's like all those four year consideration. Are you 30? Go kill yourself. It's like, whoa, (laughs) calm down. It is. That is so true. That is really true. It really is. It's a tough. Yeah. You guys are talking about my birthday. I was like, I'm going to crawl under the table right now. Um, LA has made me has like in New York. I was stressed always about career and like, you know, paying my rent. And in LA, I'm always like, how do I stay young forever? Well, what's the secret? What's the secret to um, I mean, 
I would say probably 90% of the battle is like you've labeled what it is that's it bothering is that's you. That's bothering me. Which and is then the, not, yes. And then I think the solution is I have to figure out how to be happy in my inside and not hinge my happiness on external things like getting married or finding the perfect career, the perfect job. It's like if I can learn to just accept the way that I, the way that my life is now and like be grateful for the good things, then um, that a lot of my problems would go away. And a lot of times they say it's a practice, which, you know, yeah. when you practice, it's something you got to do daily. Uh, do you find that you uh, have advanced notice almost like when you're lo- like a, like with love language, how when you're, you know, you, when your well's going dry, do you find advanced notice of, of uh, if you're going to dip into a depression or start ruminating over some thoughts that are not healthy? Not really. It kind of just hits me. And I think in LA, cause you, I spend a lot more time by myself. It's very quiet. It's like more quiet, not to brag, but <laughs> <laughs> Sounds nice. I don't have anyone Plants? in my building. Quiet? No drums? No drums what? in my building. You don't have a mariachi band going up and down the halls after a soccer game gets out? I almost like miss that about New York. It's that I didn't have so much time with myself to just like ruminate on my feelings and um, kind of sink into them. Um, but yeah, in, it's like, it's easier to, it'll, uh, depression will just kind of hit me in LA, but then it's also easier to get out of it. Cause there's so many beautiful things about living here. It's like sometimes just taking a long walk, um, like cuddling with my dog, going to the beach. There's so many ways here, taking a hike. There's so many ways here to kind of like e- reset, e- reset. But exactly. that also involves action. Yes. And, and some people are so depressed they can't get out off the couch yeah or in a mood where it's like how do you like are there times where you just have to drag yourself to runyon canyon and say just walk up to the fucking top yeah exactly yeah exactly you don't you have to want to fix yourself and it requires like a ton of effort sometimes it feels like moving a mountain getting yourself off the couch uh and and out of your apartment but like if you want that, you'll find a way, right? But it's almost like setting a reminder. Oh, like really feeling yourself and going, okay, I feel like shit. Like I know, like I know I got to go for a run. I got, I got this hill I run up. Exercise, I, I talk yeah. to myself. I go, hey, do this, you fucking asshole. And I get up there and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And yeah. then every, but now with the scooter technology, every, cause it's like a six mile run. I'm always like, I could just scoot home. I haven't done it yet, but I've, oh, I've walked by the scooter go, oh, I could just take that and zip on. But even, even it riding. It counts. You still oh. ran up a mountain. Oh yeah. You, you scoot home. But yeah. I know I've learned, oh, I'm getting kind of cranky. And I think Tasha, I think you've learned when I, when I say I got to go for a run to let me go for a run. I think it's, I think you're kind of like, yeah, go, go burn that off. Because we just have a different level of like, you know, we're built for, we're built for like war and running around and hunting for elk and Being stuff. Being a mom. Like, yeah, I think my yeah. b- my brain is like, I wants to have like five children like running around <laughs> that I have to take care of. And so I don't. So therefore it's like it, it manifests in other ways. Busyness, keeping ourselves busy. Like yes. st- stagnant water breeds disease. And right? other people really helps too. Like if I feel really low, reaching out to somebody like Alyssa and just being like, let, you know, I'm feeling low. Community. And yeah, and then she'll come over and then we'll watch friends and then I feel better. You so can, you a can, lot of uh, times it's just like, you just need like a friend or a partner to Listen, help. if you ever need to come over here and just podcast with us, we'll turn the mics on. <laughs> We've got an unlimited supply of coffee. Be careful what you wish for. You're <laughs> like our new guest again. Not May Wilkerson. Every week it's just May Wilkerson. Yeah. We told Who her she could come be? over whenever she's depressed, and now she's literally always here. You're welcome. You're welcome. We'll get you. You can become friends with the drum guy downstairs. We should get it. We should hook her up with the drum hook guy downstairs, me up with the drum guy. and then it'll be dating him, and you'll we'll just text you. Be like, I'll you turn slowly that down. 
we convince him to give up the drums. Yeah. <laughs> Our master plan. Yeah. He's the like, long yeah, gone. now he's a trumpet player. Great. Thanks so much for that. Um, wow. Well, oh, you know what? I, I did want to mention this is you, you got you to gotta, um, check out the Perfection Detox. Um, we, we had a, a Petra Kolber on our podcast a few weeks ago, and she wrote a book called The Perfection Detox. And it's about, uh, you know, rum, when you ruminate over all these negative thoughts, how to kind of avoid them and just be happy with yourself. But it's a, it's a good book if you're interested, if you like self-help and stuff like that. I we, need a detox. I need a perfectionist detox. Yeah. I love it. And we're both guilty of, I think we've only gone halfway through the book. We read it. We read a page and we go, oh. Has anyone wow. ever read a whole book? I mean, <laughs> these books, I mean, any book. They're these so long. Publishers, though. Like, we need 200 pages. Like, it's a three-page pamphlet. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the part of the practice is to pick it up and you kind of, re, it kind of it, it's, it, it is repetitive, but that's part of the practice is to get back to the healthy thoughts. And I've told this to Tasha where I think the last six months I've really gotten back to a place I used to be in New York of, of like self-actualizing and being, a, a letting, because a lot, a lot of good things have been happening. And it's so easy when they do come in to like acknowledge them and, and let them be there. And I just come from this upbringing of um, hardship where I think I need to work really hard. And it's like, you're already working hard. Mm. Let's, you're already working hard. We're all working hard. Let's yeah. let the good things happen. They're right there waiting. They're just like you every Sunday when you want to knock on the door to come in. It's just right there waiting. The good's mm. there. Um, again, and, and then one more time, Instagram. May Wilkerson. May Wilkerson. Tosh Corny, what do you need to promote? Anything big? Nothing. Nothing big. All right. Well, I'm Dave Neal. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This was episode 362 of The Sup. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. There you have it, folks. Thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed that chat we had. Chicken soup for the commute. That's what we are for you guys. Hopefully, we uh, had a little bit of fun out there and you guys, uh, you know, made your commute a little a bit better. If you want, again, no pressure, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the sap. It's where all of our extra membership only episodes are. We have different um, price uh, prices, uh, basically $5 or $8 or $12 a month. At the $8 a month, you get access to all of our past content, which is all of our weekly audio episodes, my solo episodes, my chats with Jonesy, some car cast episodes Tosh and I have done. It's a total blast. It's a place where we can say exactly what we're thinking and talk a lot of shit. Uh, it's a place where I can talk about some of my projects I've got going on, things that I can't quite announce to the world. But anyway, um, we really appreciate those of you that have taken the leap to support us. It does add up. Every extra person that supports, it's just, you know, at this point, it's just one extra day a month that I don't have to work that side gig and it's more content I can create, more of what I'm supposed to be doing. So I really appreciate you guys. Um, I'm going to play a clip right now of my chat with Jonesy. This is from this week's episode of the Patreon. So if you want to hear the full episode, go to patreon.com slash this app. Thank you guys so much for listening. Call your mothers, tell them you love them. Go, uh, go say hi to a stranger if he smiles at you. Do whatever you got to do to spread some love out there, okay? You'd be good at getting out of crime. <laughs> you'd be good. Like, you, got, you got a quick thinking mind. I'm going to take you on my next heist. Please. Could you oh, be? I would love it. You want to go on a heist with me? Oh, man. Yeah. Can we, we should put it on the, snap, the uh, Patreon Snapchat. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll totally... Um, Split our, our earnings with some of the Patreon members. Yeah, Try sure. So if we get a successful heist... You join the Patreon for the month of December, right? We'll say if you join the Patreon the month of December, we will give you a percentage of the heist. I feel like we came up in a different time where, you know, there's rules and regulations. I want to live with pirates and doubloons. What I love doubloons. doubloons. You mean those coins? Doubloons. Doubloons. Yeah, doubloons. Yeah, okay. I think doubloons, first of all, I think doubloons the best word, but like a heist and a heist for doubloons. You want to go on a doubloon heist. Time traveling podcasters. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
Yeah, I, you know, I, hey, I like to turn back the clock just as much as the next guy. Uh, for me, it's the whole pirate, uh, the, the pirate paraphernalia. I'm, I like sabers. I'm into parrots. Sabers like the short uh, knives? Those swords. Okay, so it's a, it's a curly sword that has a, uh, on the handle, it has a, a, a large metallic cover for Doesn't it have fist. two short swords next to the big sword? Two short swords next Doesn't to Doesn't it the have like the, a long sword, like a dagger, and then two little daggers next to it? Maybe that's just a type of sword. Oh, that's a, that's a different type of uh, sword. That, I, I, that sounds pretty cool, too. But I would like to just... There's the saber. The pirate uses saber. There's these terms. That, hey, I've had about enough of your saber rattling. That's like someone going, yeah, motherfucker, you listen to me. Hey, so, get out of uh, here with your saber rattling. What's a saber tooth, then? So the saber tooth, this tiger, I don't know what that is. Is it just a long tooth? Is I that guess why it's a long, it? curly tooth, right? That's what they call it, a saber tooth. It has the curve of a saber. I guess. If we were pirates, do you think we could draw an audience on the ship like a live podcast? Do you, well, first of all, their minds would be blown with the recording device. Yeah, we could, <laughs> for sure. We could do more. No than, downloads. Yeah. <laughs> no iPhones. We could do more than just like, uh, we, would you, we could do more than just record a podcast. We could like play God. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and create a religion and take over. Yeah. For, for every Friday for two doubloons, we'll, um, two doubloons. we'll, uh, we'll uh, give you straight to your, um, Straight to your saber. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, because you can find weird news within the town you go to pillage. You pillage a town and you go, hey, did you hear about that blacksmith over there in Mansfield? And then uh, we just kind <laughs> of... The blacksmith in Mansfield. I feel like they had to have so much downtime <laughs> on the open seas that they had to have... I bet there was a lot of humor involved with pirates. So why couldn't there have been... Uh, you imagine, maybe, I don't know, what there, there was one of them would get up and start telling jokes or something? I what else are you doing? One of our Patreon members was a cartoonist and would just take take this on you know oh this would be great to have all this stuff yeah, animated you're standing at the bow or the stern of the ship you know where they got the naked lady with like big tits yeah the mermaid on the big on the mermaid on the pole and you're leaning on yeah. it you're leaning on it being they like, jerked oh. off to her you know they jerked off to her because there's no there's no pornography back of then course. there was no penthouse magazines so they would get to the front of the ship they'd take turns and one of them would hold they just hold on to her and oh, jerk I'm off sure. into the sea Dude, i'm sure anyways banging like holes ahead. in the wood you know <laughs> Like so go getting go, scurvy. There was a, there was a lot of rum induced wooden mermaid jerk off sessions. Yeah, we would be the fun pirates. We would go and then we wouldn't have to rape and pillage. They would they would want to board our ship. They'd be like, all right, eight o'clock. The Jonesy and Dave. Yeah, are okay, be, uh, sure. Sharing so the weird you, stories from up and down the coast. I'd imagine that someone played uh, the bucket and the banjo, maybe the spoons. I don't know what kind of instruments they had back then. Yeah, some, what some kind of entertainment spoons. are we talking about here in pirate times? We got a full. Yeah, we we'll have a full. We'll have an opener that plays the spoons. We've got our live podcast, and then instead of raping and pillaging and stealing money, we just charge two doubloons to come see us. They walk <laughs> the plank. Any hecklers, we throw them over, <laughs> stick them in a boombox. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> we got a business model here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I got another story out of your favorite state of Florida, buddy. 